morning as we honor the reading of the wonderful word of the Lord. Today we are looking at the fifth division of the psalm. Psalm 51, and we're just going to read the first four verses uh, to get us started this morning. Psalm 51, and uh, beginning with verse number 1. This is David, after his encounter with Bathsheba, and after Nathan points his finger in his face and says, You are the man. And David cries out and he says, Have mercy upon me, O God, according unto your kindness. According to the multitude of your tender mercies, blot out my transgressions. Wash me thoroughly from my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done this evil in your sight. That you may be found just when you speak and blameless when you This morning I'm using for the title of my message, What to Do When You've Done Too Much Already. What to do when you've done too much already. Father, we thank you for the word of the Lord today. It is a lamp unto our feet. It is a light unto our path. Father, I believe there are some people that are here today. Lord, they have taken matters into their own hands in some areas of their life. And Father, they've gone too far with it. They don't know what they need to do. God, I pray that they will simply turn the situation over to you today and cry out to you for help. Lord, let your anointing, Lord, be upon me today. Father, in the name of Jesus, enable and empower us to do the work and the will of the Lord in this service. For the glory of God, we ask these things. And all of God's people said, praise the Lord. And you may be reseated this morning. You know, much of what we blame others for, we have actually brought upon ourselves. What do you do when you've done too much? Already, You know, some people walk the floor at night wringing their hands and saying, what? what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? But the truth is, they've already done too much. If you take a quick look in the Bible, it doesn't take very long to discover there are a whole host of people who fit this description. David, for instance, in this story. Uh, He had used his power to manipulate things so that he could have what he wanted. When he saw how beautiful Bathsheba was, he just had to have her, even though she was a married woman. The Bible says that he called for her when her husband was out fighting one of David's battles. And of course she came to him, he was the king. And when she became pregnant by David, David had to do some more manipulating. You know the story, it ended with David placing her husband on the front lines of the battle so that he would be killed. And when he was out of the way, then David took her as his own wife. Oh, what a tangled web we weave. What would David do when it was apparent that he had done too much already? What about Jonah? God called him to first assembly in Nineveh. And God told him to go there and preach judgment. But Jonah didn't like that assignment. uh, And so he boarded a ship headed for Tarshish. In the opposite direction of where God wanted him. The Bible tells us that because of Jonah's disobedience, God sent a storm that began to rock Jonah's boat and literally uh, rock uh, Jonah's world. It affected everyone in that boat. 
You know, we think that our disobedience, we, we think that our inappropriate uh, behavior only affects us when the truth of the matter is our actions affect everyone around us. Jonah had taken matters into his own hands. What would Jonah do seeing how he has done too much already? What about Abraham and Sarah? When they begin to doubt the promise of God for a son, how they get Hagar involved and Ishmael arrives on the scene and then Sarah gets jealous and sends them away. What in the world are you going to do when you've done too much? Already, We can talk about Moses who got angry uh, and in disobedience he struck the rock. We could talk about Peter when he walked upon the water. Oh, oh I can just imagine how it was oh, that day when old Pete, uh, oh, you know, Peter was a sanguine, you know. He was a sanguine, oh, the life of the party, oh, happy-go-lucky, the first to speak up, always talking, always ready to try anything as long as it meant having a good time. And here comes Jesus walking on the water, the Bible says. And, and oh, at first the disciples think that it's a ghost or something. But Jesus said, don't be afraid, it's I, it's me, it's Jesus. Don't be afraid. And Peter pops off and he says, Jesus, if that's really you, if that really is you out there walking on the water, then invite me to come out there where you are. And Jesus said, hey, Peter, come on out here, man. Well, perhaps Peter thinks, "Uh uh-oh, I spoke too soon. Uh Uh-oh, I wasn't expecting this response. Oh, all of a sudden he's thinking, I've got to do this. I've come too far. I'm too far into it to back out now. And so he climbs down out of the boat and starts walking on the water towards Jesus, walking a little way, but then he goes down, water going up his nose. He begins to sputter and flop around. What in the world is Peter going to do now that it's obvious to everybody he's done too much already? Oh, we could go on and on and on this morning. The Bible is full of people and full of examples that we could talk about. But I don't want to just talk about them this morning. I want to talk about us today. How about us? How many times have we taken matters into our own hands? How many times have we made a royal mess out of things? What do you do when you've done too much already? Well, I've got six suggestions this morning. The first thing you need to do is you simply need to admit your mistake. Just admit your mistake. You know, too many people are like the Fonz on happy days. Remember Fonzie, you know? Remember Fonzie, you know? Hey, you know. Fonzie, he, he could never admit that he was wrong. Even when he knew he was wrong. Even when he tried to say the word wrong, it just wouldn't come out. And he would say, I was I wasn't quite right, he would say. Listen, friend, we can never get help. Things will never change or get any better in our life until, first of all, we admit our mistake. At least David was willing, Psalm 51 and 3, that we read, I acknowledge my transgressions, he said, and my sin is always before me. Let me tell you something this morning. Most people are willing to forgive. Most people are willing to forgive if the person that wronged them is genuinely repentant. If the person that wronged them will own up to their mistake and genuinely and sincerely apologize, nine times out of ten, people will forgive. 
Well, you might say, but pastor, you don't know what I did. Pastor, you don't know what I did. Oh, oh pastor, you don't know how bad I, I treated that person. There's just, there's just no way they would ever forgive me. But how do you know until you try? At least give that person the opportunity to forgive. And, and if you are on the other side of this equation, if, if somebody has wronged you, and, oh, they come to you and, and give a sincere apology, or even if they never apologize and never admit they're wrong, as a Christian, God expects you to forgive. In fact, if you don't forgive people when they wrong you, the Bible says that God will not forgive you. Matthew 6, verse 14 and 15, Jesus said, If you forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But, say the word but. But, if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your heavenly Father forgive you your trespasses. It doesn't get any clearer than that. What do you do when... And it's apparent you've done too much already. Well, the first thing you need to do is you need to admit your mistake. The second thing you need to do, you need to analyze your situation. Analyze your situation. You see, our biggest problem is that we don't learn from our problems. Our biggest problem is not our problem. Our biggest problem is that we don't learn from our problems. Oh, Proverbs 14 and 15, the wisdom writer said, A prudent man considers well his steps. Why do we keep making the same old mistakes over and over and over and over again? Friend, when you find yourself in a mess of your own making, ask yourself four questions. Four questions this morning you need to ask. The first question you need to ask simply, where did I go wrong? I made a mistake. I made a blunder. I messed up. Where did I go wrong? Was this wrong from the beginning or did I make a wrong turn somewhere along the way? Second question you need to ask, who did I listen to? Who did I listen to? Was this, of my own, was this my own idea or did someone steer me in this direction? Am I listening to the wrong people? Third question you need to ask yourself is, what could, have, what could I have done differently? What could I have done differently? What were my options? And the fourth question you need to ask yourself this morning is, how can I learn from this? How can I learn from this? You see, even the messes that we make can be profitable to us if we learn from the mistake. Oh, what do you do when when you've done too much already? Well, you simply need to admit your mistake and you need to analyze your situation. And the third thing you need to do is you need to adjust your course. You need to adjust your course. A couple were on a long road trip and the, and the husband fell asleep while his wife was driving. And, and a couple of hours later he woke up. And when he woke up his wife said to him, I've got good news and bad news. Husband said, give me the bad news first. She said, we're on the wrong road. He said, what's the good news? She said, oh, we're making really good time. So often, because of pride, we will continue on a wrong course. We'll continue in a wrong direction because we are simply too stubborn to turn around. You see, most people want things to be different in their life. They just don't want to make any changes in order to make those things happen. Proverbs 18 and 2, the wisdom writer said, A fool has no delight in understanding. 
but in expressing his own ideas. Think about that. A fool has no delight in understanding. He don't want the facts. He don't want to understand it. He don't want to get his arms around it. He simply wants to express his own ideas. In other words, he wants his own way. Even if he is proven to be wrong, even if he knows he's wrong, he'll still go that direction. There are people who know they have made a royal mess of things. They know they're on the wrong road. They know they're headed in the wrong direction, but they're too stubborn. They're too proud. They're too full of themselves. To adjust their course. What do you do when you've done too much already? The fourth thing you need to do this morning is you need to accept the consequences of your actions. All of a sudden, I'm not feeling very good. That's why I'm kind of pausing here. What do you do when you've done too much already? You need to accept the consequences of your actions. Let me tell you something this morning, people. God will always forgive. He will always forgive. But He doesn't spare us from the consequences of our actions. Jonah wasn't spared the experience of being lunch for the whale. nor of becoming vomit for the whale. David had to live with the guilt that accompanied his actions. His his family suffered tremendously due to his misconduct. Moses wasn't allowed interest into the promised land as a consequence of his actions. Abraham had to endure the jealousy of two women. And literal wars have been fought because... Of his mistake. God always forgives. But he he doesn't spare us from the consequences. Of our actions. Look at Proverbs chapter 6 this morning. Proverbs chapter 6. Begin with verse number 32. The wisdom writer writes. He says. Whoever commits adultery with a woman. Lacks understanding. He who does so destroys his own soul. Wounds and dishonor he will get, and his reproach will not be wiped away. For jealousy is a husband's fury, therefore he will not spare in the day of vengeance. He will accept no recompense, nor will he be appeased, though you give many gifts. Can Tiger Woods be forgiven for his many transgressions? Can he? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. And yet this shame will forever be upon his head. Now, more than likely he will return to golf. And more than likely he will break all of Jack Nicholas's records. But there will always be a black cloud that will be over his head. People will say, Tiger Woods was the greatest golfer ever. But Jack Nicholas had class. Tiger Woods, they'll say, was the, the greatest man to ever pick up a golf club. But Jack Nicholas was a man of integrity. Tiger Woods, no doubt, will hold all of the records. He'll hold them all. Before it's said and done, he'll have every one of them. But there'll be an asterisk right beside his name. Oh, it may not be literally, but in the heart and the mind of true golf fans, it will, it will always be there. Remember this this morning, the next time it's the devil tempts you to sin. What do you do when you've done too much already? Accept the consequences of your actions. Understand that yes, you can be forgiven, but forgiveness doesn't undo the damage that has been done. And neither does it negate the consequences. The fifth thing you need to do this morning is activate your prayer life. David prayed. Psalm 51 and 1, Have mercy on me, O God, according to your loving kindness, according to the multitude of your tender mercy, blot out my transgression. Jonah prayed. Jonah 2 and 1, Then Jonah prayed to the Lord his God from the fish's belly. Peter prayed. Matthew 14 and 30. And as he began to sink, Peter cried out, Lord, save me. What do you do when you've done too much already? Activate your prayer life. You see, too often our problems are linked to, the, to listening to the wrong voice. We go all over town asking this one and that one and someone else what they think we ought to do. And we haven't even talked to God about it at all. People come to me for advice. And when I ask them what God is saying to them about it, they lower their head and embarrassingly admit that they hadn't prayed about it. Now, I don't want to discourage anyone this morning from coming to me with their problems. I'm always honored that people would trust me enough to seek my counsel, and I'm always willing to give it. And I believe that I have some... God-given wisdom to share after 37 years of praying every single day for wisdom. And then there's the wisdom that I have gleaned from the many days of stupid that I've had. That I've learned from. But before you come and talk to me, first talk to God. He might indeed send you to me. He might send you to somebody else. He will definitely point you to His Word. When you've done too much already, activate your prayer life. The psalmist said in Psalm 50 and 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. What do you do when you've done too much already? I've got six suggestions for you today. You need to admit your mistake. You need to analyze your situation. You need to adjust your course. 
You need to accept the consequences of your actions. You need to activate your prayer life. And number six, and finally this morning, advance only as God directs you. Advance only as God directs you. Let me tell you something this morning, friend. Prayer is not for twisting God's arm. Prayer is not for trying to talk God into something. And it's not for trying to get God to see something the way you see it. And it's not for trying to get God to bless what you're doing. But prayer is for asking God what He wants. It's for seeking the direction that God wants you to take. It's for discovering what God is into at the moment. So that you can join what He's doing. You see, so often we pray, God bless what I'm doing, when really we ought to be doing what God is blessing. And too many people and even entire churches are doing what God was blessing 10 years ago. He was blessing it 20 years ago. He was blessing it 30 years ago. But God has long ago gone on to something else. But they're still into what God abandoned long ago. And they're wondering why it's not effective anymore. God was leading the children of Israel in the wilderness. He led them by a cloud by day and a pillar of fire by night. But they were only to move when the cloud moved and they were to stay put when it wasn't moving. And we get ourselves into a lot of trouble when we make decisions based solely upon human logic. Oh, when we make a move based on merely logical circumstances. say, well, then how do I make a decision, Pastor? Well, thanks for asking. That helps me tremendously. And I've got an entire teaching on how to make good decisions. But I don't have time for that this morning, so let me just give you the abbreviated version. James chapter 1 and verse 5 says, If you need wisdom, you can ask. Uh, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God, and He will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. How many understand it takes wisdom to make good decisions? And if you've got a decision to make, let me help you with it this morning. The first thing you simply need to do is ask God for wisdom to make the decision. Just ask God for the wisdom. God, I don't have the, deci- I don't have the wisdom to make this decision, God. God, I don't want to make this decision on my own. God, give me the wisdom that I need to make this decision. Now, don't stop there. Then wisdom itself will demand that you do your due diligence in the matter. You'll do your homework. The second thing you need to do is simply believe that God has given you the wisdom that you asked for. First of all, ask God for wisdom to make the decision. But then after you have asked God for wisdom to make the decision, then believe that God has given you the wisdom to make the decision. You ask Him for it, believe that He gave it to you. And then the third thing you simply need to do is just simply make the decision. Make the decision. And then number four, don't question The decision that you made, no matter what happens.
Because God said to ask. And he said, if you will ask me for wisdom, I will give it to you. And you did. You asked God for wisdom. And either he gave you wisdom or he's a liar. And I choose to believe that he does what he says he will do. What do you do when you've done too much already? Advance only. As God directs you. Proverbs chapter 3 verse 5 and 6. says to trust in the Lord with all of your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. And in all of your ways acknowledge Him. And He shall direct your path. If we could have the worship team get back in place this morning please. We've been talking about what to do. When you've done too much already. And you see, most of our problems we bring upon ourselves. Somebody said, I have met the enemy and I am he. And maybe you are here this morning under the sound of my voice. And I have described you today. You have made a royal mess of things in your life. And you wonder, what in the world should I do? But the truth of the matter is you've done too much already. So what do you do? It's just simply time to seek the Lord. It's time to stop trying to fix things yourself. It's time simply to turn it over to God and watch Him work. Father, we thank You for the Word of the Lord this morning. Father, we believe that this is a word for some specific individuals here today. God, you have brought some people here today that would not normally be here. But you have brought them here today to hear this word. And they are in this situation. They are in this predicament today. Could I get about four altar workers real quick? Just move real quick and remember where I want you to be real quick. Father, we just ask today. Lord, that you'll do the work today needs done in this place for the glory of God we ask your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed today first of all I want to just ask today if there might be someone in this room this morning you're not 100% sure of your salvation if you were to die in the next five minutes you're not 100% sure that you would Go to heaven. You want to leave this room today with 100% assurance in your heart that you're saved and on your way to heaven. If I've described you, would you just lift your hand up this morning real quick? I'm not going to single you out. I'm not going to call you forward. I'm not going to embarrass you or call your name or make you stand or make you do anything that you don't want to do this morning. You just want to recognize that this is you today. You're not 100% sure of your salvation today and you want to be 100% sure if I can see your hand lifted up real quick in this room this morning God bless you thank you sir you can put your hand down now you can put your hand down thank you how many others this morning I'm not 100% sure if I were to die in the next five minutes I'm not 100% sure I'd go to heaven thank you sir you can put your hand down I want to be 100% sure. Lift your hand and recognize that today. 
Anyone else in this room? Anyone else in this room this morning? Anyone else in this room? I want these two that lifted their hand today. I, I want you to pray this prayer with me this morning. Not just from your head or from your lips this morning, but I want you to pray it from your heart today. And believe what you are praying today. But I want everyone to pray this morning so these two are not singled out. Repeat this prayer with me this morning from your heart. Heavenly Father, I recognize that I'm a sinner. I'm lost. I need a Savior. I believe that Jesus is the Son of God. I believe He died on the cross for my sin. I ask Jesus to forgive me today. I ask Jesus into my heart today. Change me from the inside out. In the name of Jesus. Amen. If you believe that with all of your heart this morning, the Lord has saved you. If you've not been baptized in water, I encourage you to be baptized in water. I encourage you to read the Word. I encourage you to talk to